Welcome to Stories That Inspire. Deep inside of us, there is a story worth telling, a perspective to be taken, a bigger purpose to inspire us. In this podcast series by Project 100, we invite people that have a unique story to inspire, that help in the discovery of futures, of greater possibilities. We invite individuals that discover their purpose and live a purposeful life. People that unlock the potential of others, that inspire or empower in creating impact at work, in communities, in life in general. But before we go to Christine Holly from Ontario, Canada, Project 100 is a non-profit initiative that has helped over 200 people discovering their bigger purpose by creating a safe space, build trust and facilitate conversation. If you want to know more about Project 100 or schedule your purpose discovery conversation, please visit project100.com as referenced in the show notes and we'll get back to you. Christina, welcome to us, to our show. And um, we are really privileged to have you on our show with us after one of our uh, valued members of the project, Daniel, was sharing lots of insights from your book that all inspired mm-hmm. us to have you on our show. So welcome today. Thank you for having me here. This is I'm really excited to have this conversation. So, Okay. Christina, I have with me today Sandy Lem, who's based in Germany, and Daniel Herrera, who's based in Mexico. Me, myself, located in Eindhoven, the Netherlands. So we are a global, <laughs> so- a global community. Uh, working on making the world a little bit better by helping people to find their purpose and creating purposeful impact in all that drives them. Um, Christina, who are you? Who am I? Big question. Um, My name is Christina Holly. Uh, I am a business strategist and a performance coach. But before that, I was in corporate for 20 plus years in multiple industries, global, um, big and small. Uh, and there is common themes that I've seen throughout all, all these different industries. But what's really important is during COVID, I wrote a book and this book is called The Authentic You Unleash Your Leadership Potential. And, you know, it's really about tapping into our inner stories and knowing that there's almost a universal language. Once you really realize that from a leadership perspective, you can have all the answers from within. If you start sitting down with yourself and understanding who you are and owning your story. And that was a real eye opener for me. Um, The idea of owning your story. I am not interested in the, the parts where it's all glam and glitz. I'm actually interested in the parts where you've had adversity and challenge because that is where true inspiration lies. And it's not the stuff that's fabricated. This is where you have learned to really pivot and adapt um, and be resilient. And these are things that organizations are looking for across the board. Um, Not like a checkbox, but really understanding that our leaders have that within us if we start recognizing that your own personal story is something extremely powerful and it's needed uh, to bring into this world today. So that's a little bit about me and the shift about the book, but the book is, it changed my life. I am going out on my own and, you know, really helping organizations become healthier organizations by having inspired leaders, by owning who they are as individuals, not following a script, 
but who are you and what do you bring to the table? Because when you do, we need that in this world. So just, you know, something to, to reflect on. All of us here have something special to bring to the table. So I love that. That's really true. And before we dive a little bit in the topic of leadership and authentic leadership, if you want to say it like that as well, um, what is the short version of your life story oh, that geez. brought you to the moment during COVID to write a book? Because writing a book in itself is yes. uh, quite an <laughs> achievement, a process, I think, and an emotional roller coaster. But what yeah. is your, the, the short version of your uh, story that brought you to that moment? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's quite interesting. I have always been an overachiever, let's say. And when I started to understand, hey, I want to be the best version of myself, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't about looking for other people. It was actually looking, getting reacquainted with who I was as an individual, my story. And man, if you would have talked to me two years ago, even three years ago, I would never have even mentioned this, let alone live to all these other people. But I had a very difficult childhood. It was quite traumatic um, to the point where, you know, my mom suffered from mental health issues and there was a lack of support back then. And, you know, we were removed from our home and I had to start all over again. Nobody knew this until three years ago as I started to discover this because I didn't want to share that part of my story out. I didn't think I would be recognized. I didn't think it was important. And I had that false narrative about when you go through hard stuff, you know, just move ahead. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters because when you hold on to those stories and you don't release them, it inhibits your growth as a leader. It inhibits your growth as a person. And that's where your self-limiting beliefs, they actually reside in that place. They play in that space, right? Where it's kind of like, oh yeah, they probably think this about you or ooh. And people used to always say, because I was in like very senior level roles, that I had a silver spoon. Oh, it must've been so easy for Christina. So easy. Yeah, look at you, you went to school, you did all this. They had no idea about the backstory, nor would I ever share it because I had so much shame and judgment around it. And I thought that it would make me look less. But the irony is when you start becoming your integrated self, your authentic self, you become extremely powerful um, because you are not led by ego. You are led by like purpose, your true self. This is what we were talking about. It is a feeling where it's like, yeah, this is my story. I own it. This is what I have to say. Hey, I can help other people who've been through this stuff. And when you do that, it changes the way you lead as a leader. And very quickly, like beforehand, I didn't realize how ego driven I was. And that was all around fear, right? I loved give me more, give me more. Yes. I'm amazing. Give me another title. Give me some more bonuses. Give me this. Give me, give me, give me, give me but it's all ego, right? Because I didn't get that stuff when I was younger. So I thought that I was getting my worth from that, but that is a false narrative because you cap out. You cannot be who you were meant to be from a purpose-led uh, view. You have to actually incorporate your entire discussion, like the, your entire being of who you are. If you got picked on, talk about it release it you'll help other people that got picked on 
then it's not so scary because when you're hiding by yourself in those stories, my friends, that's when it wins. The shadow wins when there isn't light on it. But if you own your own story, you're putting light on who you are and you can step in and be inspiring. So, you know, and then I'll pause here, but the idea of celebrity, people look at those people and they're like, wow, look at them. I guarantee there is people around you every day that have incredible stories that live small because they're fear, they're fearful of judgment. They're fearful that they're not going to look a certain way. I was guilty of it. But now that I've stepped out, now it's like nobody else gets, society doesn't get to decide who I'm supposed to be. I'm aligned with who, what I'm supposed to give out so other people can shine bright and do what they're supposed to be doing. So I'll pause there. Thank you. Well, no need to pause. Uh, keep talking. We can eat for <laughs> half an hour uh, like, like this. I don't think that, that that's the issue. Um, I'm, I'm still curious. I, I hear your story, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, the transition towards let's write down my philosophies, my learnings of life, uh, yeah. my recommendations to leadership in a book is quite a step. Uh, what made, It what came made out of five months. Like I just, I started it as a training program and it just didn't stop. It was like, it was like dying to come out of me. And I even came up with the whole process of like crossing the threshold and going into fear and judgment. Like I said, three years ago, I wouldn't even talk about emotion. And now here I am like the poster girl for emotional intelligence. Like it's amazing when you start to own who you are because your purpose, it actually steps out for you if you allow it. If you get your mind out of it, it just starts to emerge. And then you end up in this place. I, like I said, never dreamed that those stories, my stories could be inspiring. And then when you heal from them, it, anything is possible at that point. Daniel, um, you invited Katrina also for this, uh, this podcast here because you were inspired by her stories. What was it that inspired you in reading the book? Uh, and reading her stories. Yeah, um, so I bought the book when it came out uh, more than a year ago. Uh, yeah, like many other <laughs> books that we we have and collect, uh, we are eager to, to read them. But but yeah, uh, so one month ago, I, I I was looking at what what can I read next, and I and I saw my Kindle, and I said, okay, let's let's dive into this because obviously the title is inviting for the project. So I, I started to recognize her stories and I was particularly interested about the process that she, that she suggested on acknowledging ourselves and then going through the threshold of bridging or, or crossing that bridge no? of recognizing what is important for us to, to be authentic and, and be a better leader for ourselves and then, and then for others. So I was really interested about that. And you just uh, mentioned it, but but yeah, my, my favorite quote or the favorite sentence from the book is the enemy is fear, is named fear. We we sometimes think it's hate, but it's fear. And I have always think of about fear as a, like a barrier, like uh, it can it has similar it has different effects to some people for fear for sometimes for people will be like a freezing um, moment for them that oh. I'm, I'm scared, no? Like, so that, that's the typical understanding of fear. Like, 
you are unable or, or feel like uh, powerless. But many, many times, the most scared people are uh, willing to do something that is going to damage them and others. So that in particular was like, okay, yeah, we need to recognize that fear is probably the most uh, influential in, in a negative way feeling for people to to become authentic to themselves and then to increase happiness overall in the world. So I, I just love what you have been saying. It's like a big commercial to our project because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are telling the same thing that we could tell people that of how important it is that they discover their purpose, that they own their story, that they identify what is important to them, no matter what they are doing, because what we say about purpose is that it doesn't matter if you are a designer or a manager or anything else, your purpose is particular to you and it will stick with you and you can flourish from them, from it and, and develop all the other skills and all the other activities that are aligned to that, right? So I, I'm just uh, very happy that this is turning out the way it is it, it is and, and and yeah i i'm i i would like to focus on the on the on the fact of the uh, the feeling of fear no and recognizing that and not and not being scared of of the fear of of, of the of feeling fear but actually encourage it to to do it and to encourage us to get over it and and becoming better and not uh yeah and not react just uh play with it can I add to a little piece of that? Yeah. So this is going to be a part of the next book, but the paradigm really from a scale perspective, and if you really take the time, you look at this, it is, it blows you away. So from the top of the scale, you have love. And at the bottom of the scale, you have fear and you have its range, it's like a grid, right? And I know I, I do put that in the book, but this is like 2.0, the next thing. I want you, when you're really operating in a certain place, am I operating from a place of fear or am I operating from a place of love? And I know it sounds cheesy, but it changes the way you show up. You can have the same dynamic with organizations. Are they operating in a place of fear, scarcity, um power control or operating from a place of collaboration gratitude uh kindness compassion empathy it's the, it's the grid that's all it is and when you start to look at it differently you'll be very surprised when you feel that angst kind of feeling ask yourself pause is this coming from fear or is this coming from love the fear of not unknown the fear of thinking that that i'm i'm not going to make it or whatever or do, am I operating from love, which would be, I trust the process. This is a part of my growth story and you move into the next phase. But when we understand that fear and love, that dichotomy plays a huge part because when you are in, in your authentic alignment with who you are, you're operating from a place of love. You're operating from a place of empathy, compassion, gratitude, kindness. It's just easy. And what happens, it multiplies and you actually bring in other people that are doing the same thing. And then you have clarity of when things or people are operating from a very different place. Like if you hear gossiping, jealousy, criticism, that's all in the fear, fear realm down in the lower end. So just to be mindful, um, because it's a measurement, you can actually see how you're operating within your group 
or even like societal, how things are operating, you know, is it scarcity or abundance? Like it, there's truth to this. Going back to the title of your book, the authentic you and unleash your leadership potential. Yes. Do you therefore say that your version two, eh, 2.0, your next book is going to say that it's all leadership by love. So real leadership can only thrive if it's done from love and not by, I'm not saying that leaders are creating fear, but sometimes a byproduct. It's, it's a system. It's the system is set up that way. Yeah, yeah, the system is set up that way that fear is seen as leadership. I don't want yeah. to go into the whole conversation what's happening at Twitter at the moment with Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. He's taking a fear approach in order yeah. to improve his organization instead of a love approach. If mm-hmm. I want to polarize mm-hmm. a little bit the conversation here. Uh, what does that then really mean? How do you best unleash your leadership potential if you think in that uh, in that polarizing spectrum of love versus fear? Well, I think first, this is the way that I see it. It's it's the way that I have layered the books in my head, even though the book isn't, isn't complete yet. But like the first one is how do I show up? How do I show up as a leader? Do I understand my own personal story? Because I can't tap into emotional intelligence and be all this great stuff if I don't even know who I am. How do I connect with another person if I haven't connected with myself? That's number one. And then number two is getting organizations to understand that emotional intelligence is just as important as IQ. But our systems, our societal systems do not honor EQ. It's the first thing that goes out the window when it comes to success, right? So it's like, oh, you're the smartest person in the room. That's excellent check checkbox for you. But now what's happening because there's different generations coming into the workplace, there's different ways to interact and connect with your people that EQ is going to be just as important as IQ. It actually should be a balance. So your well-rounded leaders of the future are going to have EQ and IQ and an equal footing. And they'll be able to gauge and do those things, right? Where they'll hear from people, they'll be open to to different comments or whatever. Whereas the traditional way was very like one guy or gal uh, is the boss, has all the answers, very positional, one way or the highway. Why? Why? Because that's fear and power. If you don't listen to that person, you're out. That is that dichotomy again. But when we lose the idea of using the word love, because we were like, oh, love, Christina, what are you talking about? Love in the workplace. Are you crazy? Like, oh, hey, woo woo. That is not what I'm doing here. It's about compassion, leading with empathy and really having gratitude for your people so they can actually produce at a different level, like where everyone's enjoying where they're at, their values are aligned. They're like, there's there's stats, Gallup studies actually show people are four times more productive when they like where they are. And that's good for business, for everybody, right? At the end of the day. Do you believe that in order to create that environment, um, that the employee needs to align to the environment and its purpose and its goals, or that the organization needs to be um, generically uh, cultivated uh, in such a way that there is a home for everybody. Uh, two prong. There's two prong. I think that business is business. They, they, you know, if I make cookies, I, I, you know, or if I make toys or whatever it is, or cars or you know, social media platforms, 
I have every right to set the values for my organization. I have every right. But I think that the, I agree with you, the employee, if you want, you know, they need to be aligned to what those values are. And if they're not, then it's not, they got to go because they're going to actually cause more angst in your organization, right? Make sure the right people are in the right place. That's one. And then two, our organizations being a little more open than they would the way that they have functioned in the past. So think about uh, performance reviews. Like what are we rewarding? Are we rewarding the way that people are behaving? Or are we like, hey, you're an awesome performer. You got the numbers, don't worry. Yeah, I know you were really mean to Julie, but it's okay, we'll just, we'll put that aside. That stuff happens, that is real stuff. And that's where people like me and others are gonna be like, hey, you know, you can get results, but you don't need to knock everything down to get there, right? So what kind of environment are you setting up? How are you rewarding people? What kind of, like, are you creating collaborative space? Are you being open to other ideas or is it just one way? So there's two parts to it, but I do think that people need to be honest with themselves. Put yourself in a place that you're gonna love. Be aligned to those and again, Again, that goes with knowing who you are, right? If you know who you are, then you're not just going for a paycheck. You're actually going to try to align to what really kind of fires up and gets you excited. But if you don't know who you are, you could just be moving along. Well, this is a good paycheck. I should be here because you haven't, you haven't connected or aligned with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We, like I said in the beginning already in the, the pre-conversation, we almost talked to 200 people already that, uh, according to themselves, were looking for their purpose. So that mm. means there are at least 200 people in this world that we have spoken to over the last two years that said, I haven't found my purpose yet. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them, and uh, it's just an insight from those uh, interviews, said, yeah, I want to change my purpose because I want to go and work in marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have changed my purpose because now I am a project manager. Mm -hmm. So many people see that their purpose is to relate to the profession or the role that they take. And therefore, I think they will never be happy. That's my opinion. They will never find happiness because uh, your authentic you, your authentic yeah. self cannot yeah. change with a role that you take because a company wants you to do A or B or C at that moment. Still, there are too many people uh, like that, that uh, have experienced that. Um, Sandy has also interviewed a lot of people in the past in her own organization. And uh, of course, thinking as a leader in a team uh, as well, and probably has also experienced people that were looking for purpose as part of a team uh, as such and find some kind of an alignment with themselves. Sandy, without mentioning names of companies and individuals, is there something that you can share from your conversation experience and people that felt aligned and misaligned in their work with the purpose that they had or were not able to find? I think like from my experience so far, most what I have heard is that they are not very clear on their own purpose. I think that's probably the biggest thing I have seen. Either individual contributors or leaders, um, they kind of know what they like, why exactly they like what they do. Most of them, they don't actually have the answer. They can tell you roughly at what area they like to service around, but they couldn't really articulate it in a way. 
at least for me, when I was able to articulate my purpose, make it in a very clear、mm-hmm. sentence or story, it actually has helped me a lot. And I think like the thing with purpose is that it comes from the feeling, like you mentioned, right? And it's so difficult for a person to think what they feel because it's coming from the different parts of the brain, right? And most people are shy in a way to share their story or go through a process to discover their purpose, and then they would like to try to think about what the purpose is. And I think most of the time is where they. People are got stuck, and then after they have discovered or actually found their purpose, the other question is: Okay, what do I do when my company doesn't even tell me what the purpose is of the company? Doesn't even know what the purpose is. Besides that, we are there to earn money. It doesn't mean the company doesn't really have a purpose, but at the same time, they don't know, and they don't know if they actually align it with that, right? So. Yeah, that's how I feel most of the time, and I think like one of the more difficult thing to me is when the middle leadership people, when the middle leaders, when we work in a company that doesn't have a set purpose, how do we actually bring in this purpose-driven environment to the company as well when the top levels don't have the concept? That brings me to that question of your title of unleash your leadership potential. So,、mm-hmm. how is an organization unleashing that leadership potential not only at the top,、yeah. but also in the middle layer where probably the success, the the hit or miss of implementing your purpose as an organization is manifesting itself. Absolutely. So I would say that it's a it's an individual thing. So I this is my intention was in my career for over twenty plus years, HR all over the place. No matter where I was, everyone was like, Christina, make me a leader, make me this, make me that, and I'm like, whoa, like. I can't even see you, let alone make you into a leader. This is a you journey all the way. And when you start to understand that, start looking inside, right? Stop looking for those checkbox answers. Stop following the mold of where you think you're supposed to be. So that could be a C-suite person, or it could be man- middle manager. It could be you just don't know. But it's really about that that connection to self. So the other part I want to call out. Is that some people don't even know when they're in that space where it's like, oh my god, I, this is passion, right? They, they, it's another checkbox, just like, hey, I'm authentic, but I'm a, I'm horrible to people. No, that is not being authentic. Okay, authentic is being aligned in truth and speaking truth from a place of power and in, in a in a high vibrational love space, right? But I think that when you were in a role. Or a job, and you were feeling fired up. For me, I feel like I'm gonna fly. Like I feel like I'm like, wow, this is awesome. We're working on this. We're doing this. We're creating. Blah, 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 blah. That's purpose. You're in purpose space. Okay. It is not like I have. Yes, I love this job. You're giving me purpose. That is not purpose. Purpose is a feeling that might evolve. So the organization could give you that if you were aligned with what. Those values are what we talked about before, or you might have to get it elsewhere. 
right? You might have to shift and move. Maybe you're a part of something, I don't know, maybe a female leadership or maybe, you know, helping underage uh, children. These are like organizations that you could still fill that purpose piece and still be in the organization. And I truly believe that all that stuff is transferable. I think it's an unleashing because I believe that people have not even gone to that space. They are too concerned with that scarcity model. What is the next step? How do I get compensated more? How, what, what do I need to do? How do I need to act? That we lose that whole connection, that beautiful piece of who they are, that genuine magic that they have to bring into that space, right? So even, even in the book, it was like, I use the example, I don't know, Daniel, if you remember this, but I talk about like a rabbit and a dragon, right? So this dragon is around with the rabbits and it's like, oh, I got to bounce like a rabbit. I got to do this. I got to burrow, right? Trying to fit in and do all this stuff. And you're like, okay. The, and then all of a sudden the dragon takes a reflection, sees a reflection in the water and sees like, hey, I have wings. I have wings. Why am I trying to burrow holes when I have wings and I can fly, right? Stop trying to be more of the same because maybe that dragon has a different perspective or a different view. But if you're trying to live small and be more of the same, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss that opportunity. So it is an unleash because when you figure that out, nobody can stop you. Like it's actually quite exciting. I almost get the message out of that. We have to look more often in the mirror at ourselves to discover the authentic self yes. that we are uh, in that sense. Um, looking at the time, I want to allow also Sandy and Daniel to maybe ask an, uh, a question to you that let's say driven by this conversation or out of pure curiosity about what the second book more is going to entail <laughs> uh, that you're writing probably still at the moment. So Daniel, can I give it to you? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I, I I have a question, but I, I don't want to get into that because uh, it, it might prolong the, the, the length of the episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that. And, and I think uh, going in, into the mirror and, and acknowledging, uh, again, owning your story and knowing that you don't need to fit in, you don't need to follow a certain path to be happy. You should just be true to yourself and, and find a path that makes more sense to you, no? I know and we understand that there are many reasons for someone to actually push a path that, that may not be the first choice, but they have to because they have obligations or they have dreams or they have whatever. But for, for most people that we are fortunate to actually have a choice and, and choose for ourselves, we should always choose our own path and our own, uh, follow our authentic self. So. I, I, I will I will end with that and and, and yeah thank you for sharing all this uh, Christina I'm, I'm so enjoying this so thank you again Sandy when you looked in the mirror the last time what did you discover <laughs> what did I discover <laughs> um I discovered I got older <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very deep question. I don't know if I can answer that actually. So can I ask with the crew, these are some ways that you can go explore deeper in. Do you guys journal? Okay. Um, on a regular basis, like daily? 
Uh, no. Right to no. Okay, but these these are tips, right? Like you, um, another one is meditating, uh, and then journaling. You'd be very surprised what might surface. Another one is painting. I I one summer I did. I wasn't even a painter, and I did over thirty something paintings, and they all had specific meaning based on my story. But there's ways in in which you can dig a little bit deeper and understand that it takes work, but it's so worth it at the end. It's like, that's why I'm here because I'm like, yes, do it. Because it's like, it's scary up front. It's like, oh yeah, am I sure I want to do this? Like, do I want to go into the back of my story? They, it's nothing, but you carry it like these lead balloons with you your entire life until you learn to let them go. Mm -hmm. And then you can float, then you can do then the purpose comes. So that's all I'm saying is that it does take work. I know in the book, I do have like journaling prompts and stuff like that helps you in each section just to sit back and reflect. I'm going to go, where am I with fear or why, why did I stop this or whatever? And when you do, um, you get a little bit lighter and you just start to see things a little bit clearer. So that's, Part of my purpose is to help people align with their authentic self. And if you think that your life is hard and you don't want to go there, that was me. And when you do, you're like, oh my God, why have I held on to this for 30 years? It's time. Let it go. So you can go do your stuff. Christina, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the community. I'm so happy. It's awesome. Welcome to this uh, movement, almost, I want to say. And thank mm -hmm. you for sharing your stories and your perspectives on uh, what makes life actually fun as well, I think, uh, in that sense. And I can't wait to uh, to hear more about the second book. Yeah. Um, if people want to know more about you, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to learn more about your perspectives on leadership and authentic self, uh, how can they find you? Where can they find you? And let's say in the typical social media and other platforms. Yeah, so I have socials all over the place. LinkedIn is a good one, but I'm actually starting to build out my YouTube channel to give tips and tricks around uh, leadership, progressive leadership, and things that our uh, leaders can do to tweak so they're in a more future state of leadership rather than being caught. I think my bigger problem is, my or my thought, is that we're very set and traditional and we talk about these things, but we need to bridge our leaders to get to the next level. So that the YouTube channel is there. And then I have all my other Instagrams and you can find the book on Amazon if you're interested. Um, but yeah, you'll definitely find me socials, reach out. I, I love to connect with people. That's great. We'll make sure that we reference them all in the show notes of this. Okay, thank you. For our listeners that want to make that next And step. also she has her, her own podcast as well. Modern oh, yes, Matters. I do. Yeah. Modern matters. And we talk about real life issues and, you know, um, we're right here. We're talking about corporate stuff, but I'm also a mom of two and I've got many different hats that I wear and, you know, it's about living in a place of truth. And we got to kind of call out some of this crazy stuff that we're just doing for the sake of doing false narratives all over the place. So you got to break the pattern. So what I would like to say, I want to thank all our listeners for listening. And I would say, let's all be dragons and find our wings. Oh and, fly. and I would say, till the next episode. Thank you very much. Thank you.